The Caribbean is often described as the most tourism-dependent region in the world. A titan is described as one that stands out for greatness of achievement, one who is influential in his field. I'm Marlene Stevenson-Daly. Welcome to our podcast. We call it Tourism Titans. It's about the movers and shakers of the industry. Men and women who have contributed to its growth and development in Jamaica, the region, and indeed, the world. Jason Hensel is chairman of the family-owned, award-winning boutique hotel, Jake's, which opened almost 30 years ago. There, we're like one month out to the date. And Jake's home is the community of Treasure Beach on Jamaica's south coast. A lot of hidden gems on that side of the island. He's a social entrepreneur and an advocate for sustainable community development. And he's also the founder and chairman of Breads. We'll talk a little bit more about Breads and the Treasure Beach Foundation, which promotes education, conservation, and sports for social change. Jason, it is so good to have you. Welcome to Jamaica's Tourism Titans. Thank you so much. Thank you. It means a lot to be invited here. Um, you know, we know you've had some incredible um, persons on the program before. Mm -hmm. So I feel very esteemed to be among them. Indeed, and you should. <laughs> you have earned their stripes. We won't get into all of the accolades right now, but we're going to just talk a little bit about Jason Hensel and what makes you tick, what makes you who you are. And of course, we want to recognize the contribution that you have made to the South Coast in particular and Jamaica's tourism industry in general. So where did you grow up? So I grew up in Kingston until I was seven. Mm -hmm. And then we moved to the country, Runaway Bay. Um, that was a big change in my life because my father realized he had to go and travel the world as an independent film distributor for the harder they come to, to really take root because it was never a commercial movie. Mm -hmm. It was always an independent um, movie. So our life shifted drastically. You know, I was taken out of private school. Um, we moved to a house um, that had been abandoned for a very long time. Mm -hmm. No electricity, um, no indoor plumbing. Um, and, you know, I would walk to school, to the Barbara um, Hall Basic School. That was about, you know, four or five miles away. Yes. Each way. Um, so, you know, it was um, it was a big shift for me. But I think I'm here today largely because of those experiences. You mentioned your dad. We're talking now about Perry Hensel, the movie maker. And, uh, you know, I, I remember the harder they come when it came out. It was it was quite a quite a hit yes i said even today people still watch the harder they come and the soundtrack is so potent with mr jimmy cliff and all the others who yeah. participated the soundtrack is the second soundtrack reggae soundtrack of all time to be inducted into the um the music hall of fame the, the Cong library of congress mm -hmm. um so that meant a lot to us um and of course we're going up next month to see the musical um, at the Public Theater in New York. Yes. So that is a massive achievement. Last year was the 50th anniversary and my sister Justine really 
worked with Jimmy to put on an incredibly special celebration for that. Tell me a little bit about your dad. <laughs> yes, uh, we know him as the filmmaker and all of that, but what you know, right. what kind of a dad was he? Yeah, he he was a workaholic, to be honest, right? So there were times I knew he loved me, but there were definitely times where you knew that he took his work extremely seriously. Mm -hmm. And I could see that as a kid on many different um, occasions. I remember as a child, you know, these two persons coming in and him being in, in discussions with them for hours on our veranda. And it was Claudia Mossop and Bucky Marshall. And I could just tell um, the tension and the, the, the level of conversation and reasoning. And it went on for hours and hours and hours. So as a kid, I wouldn't have known the depth of it, but I knew that there was something very serious happening. And I knew that he had a way of connecting with them. Um, you know, so... Being, persons who have no clue who these persons are. Yeah, these were... Put it in context. These were pretty serious political activists back in the 70s mm -hmm. um, for the PMP and JLP parties. Mm -hmm. um, back then, Beverly Manley was actually my father's secretary. And um, Michael actually met her um, at our home. Mm -hmm. Because where we lived was also where dad worked. So we lived at the house up the top at 10 A. West King's House Road. And then Vista Productions... Um, which was his production company, mm -hmm. um, was down the bottom of the same yard. So every single day, um, you would just see these characters, you know, um, musicians, writers, people auditioning, um, you know, all walks of life would come in, yes. um, especially after the movie um, came out. Everybody wanted a break. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. So, you know, you never knew who was going to be at the, the breakfast, lunch or dinner table from one day to the next. But he sounded like quite an inclusive guy. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, you know, but you know, back then you have to remember when we moved to Runaway Bay, we had no phone. We didn't have electricity, much less a phone. So you literally, he didn't know when he was coming back. He literally said he'd go to Miami airport and just make calls. Mm -hmm. And then that would determine where he would go next. So he, he could have been gone for two weeks, two months, four months. Um, you know, and I remember, you know, every now and then you'd see a guy coming up the, the, the driveway with a telegram. You know, <laughs> Those were the days. Um, and it would be a, a message from him saying where he was and when he was expected back or what other journeys he was going to go on. So, as I said, we had an incredible relationship. I know he loved me, but at the same time, his work came first. Yes. Um, and my mother knew that, and my sister and I both knew that. So you have just one other, one sister. Two sisters. Two sisters? Yes. Uh -huh. um, one lives in Atlanta, um, and Justine, of course, um, who is um, always known for putting on the Calabash Festival, <laughs> among many, many, many yes, other things. Yes. All right, before we get to Calabash, because I, I remember coming to Calabash as a, a broadcaster many, many years ago and meeting, was it Earl Lovelace, I think, at the Treasure Beach Hotel at the time, and it yeah. rained profusely. I mean, I have very yes. vivid memories of, of that festival. But you left Runaway Bay, and then? Okay, and then I went to boarding school at a very young age. I went to eight different um, primary schools. Um, before, you mean between Kingston and, and yes, St. Anne's? including Kingston. Hillel Academy is where I started. Mm -hmm. um, and then the last prep school that I went to was a military academy in Virginia. The only school that I, I went to outside of the Caribbean. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and then I joined my grandparents in Grand Cayman and went to high school there. Okay. So what brought you back to Jamaica? So after um, graduating in 1986, I started working at the Hyatt Hotel um, as a night auditor. Mm-hmm. So going to work at 11 o'clock at night um, and then moved up to front desk manager. Um, and then two Jamaicans approached me about opening a restaurant um, in Cayman, um, Hugh and Tony Hart, oh. both cousins. Yes. Um, so I worked for them for a while. Um, and then Tony Hart said, why do you come back to Jamaica? You know, I have these companies that you can work for. And I think you would, um, you could really bring a lot of value to, yes. to, 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 to the group. And my sister was already working for him as an accountant back then. Um, and I came back and the dollar was liberalized pretty much as soon as I came back, like within a few weeks. And he had a finance company called Lion Finance. And I started working there and, of course, trading dollars. It yes. was very exciting. You know, first <laughs> time that you could have, you could really have be trading U.S. dollars. Um, and then we merged with Pan-Caribbean Merchant Bank. And it's funny because I'd always wanted to be a banker as a child. Yes. Because both my parents were artists and I wanted to be more stable. Yes, you wanted something different. I wanted something more stable and different. So banking in my mind was like the most stable thing you could ever imagine. Mm-hmm. So I cherish my memories at Pan-Caribbean Merchant Bank and I'm being, I think, the youngest branch manager in Jamaica at that time at 21 years old. And I'm sure much of what you learned there would have put you in great stead for your own financial arrangements going forward. Exactly, because now I'm on the other side of the table (laughs) (laughs) negotiating with banks. Yes. (laughs) So it's, it's interesting. Life really is a full circle. Indeed. Tell us what, what took you to Treasure Beach? How did you get to that side of the island? Okay, so my grandfather built a cottage there in 1941, the year my mother was born. So she went down her entire life because that was their beach house. Mm-hmm. And it was really Mandeville people who, who really, you know, first started to come to Treasure Beach, of course, apart from the people who lived there. Um, and then when Justine and I were born, that was the family beach house. So you know, for summers or for Easter's or Christmases, uh, we would go there. And we just had an incredible um, childhood going to this little fishing village. And I remember us being surfing waves all day. You know, <laughs> down there they say, we're going to shot the wave. Right? <laughs> right? So, you know, Literally all day we'd be in the sea, um, you know, shooting waves, surfing waves, body surfing with local kids. And um, I remember my grandparents had a lady called Goal, Doris Goal, who used to cook for us. And she'd have to call us out to the sea to come up and eat. You know, we didn't want to get out. Yeah, you'd spend all day in the ocean. So then later on, um, when my grandparents passed on, they... um, they left the beach house for my aunt, my mother's only sister, mm-hmm. um, and the family house for my mother. But she said, you know, no, I want a piece of Treasure Beach too. And she already had a family home. So she sold the family home and the place that came up for sale or that she found was literally just two lots over from the original house. Okay. Two lots over. Um, and it was originally called Barracuda Hole. So she bought that and it was really just a hobby for her. In the beginning, she just wanted a place, you know, um, and then there was nowhere to eat. 
So she decided to open it as a restaurant. And, um, you know, the first few years was very slow. So she would only open um, on... Um, holidays, maybe. Yes, holidays and the, the winter season. Mm-hmm. You know, so being in Manteca Bay, I would go over the hill and go and see her um, on weekends. And I said, you know, why don't we build some rooms? And she's like, no, 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 no. This is just a hobby. And, you know, I'm not a businesswoman. I'm an artist. And, and I said... Let me check it out. So I inquired and the land beside was for sale. Mm-hmm. But it was eight times what she paid for hers. Oh, wow. So she was like, don't buy it. It's overpriced. You know, it would be ridiculous for you to even cut, to think about it. And who would manage it? And <laughs> <laughs> and she always says that, um, thank God I didn't listen to her. <laughs> <laughs> so you acquired the land next door. And what prompted you to actually... See, you know, this 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 thing looked looked like it could work as a business, right? And and actually take the plunge. You know, it was really just going back to my childhood memories and knowing that there was something very special about this place. And then I would look around, and the only people were German backpackers. And I just said to myself, the reason people aren't coming is because they don't know about it. And you know, they say that. In life, you know, you have to be very aware of how fortunate you are and how lucky you are. And we were invited to be a part of Chris Blackwell's collection of hotels on mm-hmm. Island Outpost. Yes. So that gave us access to a lot of media um, and his public relations machine. And then, of course, the whole birth of the internet and Digicel coming into Jamaica. Mm-hmm. I'll never forget getting this little box with a digital phone and it said, you know, you can turn it on and, you know. Talk to anybody, (laughs) anywhere in the world. Before that, you'd have to drive to Black River to make a phone call. I don't think our young people, I don't think our young people even have a clue that people would have to stand up in line at a phone booth, at a box, and then somebody would be behind you saying, hurry up, hurry up, you know. I need to make my call and you need to go on. And there's a long line of people waiting to use the telephone. Yeah. Now it's something that we just take so much for granted. (laughs) But, you know, we started to get press and people started to arrive um, from America and Canada and England. And um, we just, you know, we just took the money that we made and said, okay, next year we're going to build two more rooms. And the next year we're going to build two more rooms. And Being a part of Island Outpost, do you think that that gave you a greater sense of character for the, for what you were developing? We felt like we were part of something bigger than ourselves, mm-hmm. and and I and I he Chris Blackwell approached Island Outpost the same way he did Island Records, mm-hmm. so it was about the artist. It wasn't about the label. So it was about Bob Marley. It was about you know you two or anyone that was signed mm-hmm. to him. Mm-hmm. So Jake's had its own character and, and Strawberry Hill had its own character. Mm. Golden Eye had its own character, you know. So I give a lot of um, a lot of praise and thanks to those early years of getting us um, onto the map, so to speak, yes. with Island Outpost. And, you know, he said that we reminded him of Millie Small because here was this little hum- humble little girl from the country. Um, but then they put a microphone in front of her and she was just so unique. So he said we were the kind of underdog. We were the mm-hmm. we were the little one off the um 
you know, off the beaten track. Yes. But then the truth is the, the journalists really responded to that. And when they came and they saw the landscape and they saw my mother's architecture and they saw how people lived, the fishermen, the yes. farmers, yes. Um, how industrious they are, um, you know, the mulch farming, um, then the story was just there for them to write. Yes. And the community, the sense of community that Absolutely. you get when you come to the South Coast. And, and you know, you look at Jake starting out with, what, two rooms? How many rooms are you now? Oh, yeah. We're 75 rooms now. And celebrating 30 years in another, in another couple of weeks on the 7th of March. That's correct. Oh. It was my father's birthday. <laughs> and my, my, he kept saying to my mother, when are you going to open? When are you going to open? Mm -hmm. And she kept delaying, delaying. And he said, look here, you're going you're gonna to open on my birthday. I don't care. <laughs> so I remember this was the restaurant. Mm -hmm. And it was um, in a little Spanish wall house. That's, I think, 120 years old. That's still the the heart of Jake's. You know, every wow. time I look at that lovely little bottle and, uh, you know, Spanish wall house, I just think, there were our beginnings, yeah. you know, um, humble beginnings and we should never forget that so to be interviewed today as a as a titan um, <laughs> is <it laughs> oh you're well deserving there's so many things that we can talk about and before we go to the break i want to talk a little bit about the calabash festival how did that come about yes your parents were artists and you know it's within that artistic con context right but but what how did how was that birthed Okay, so Kwame Dawes and Colin Chano were going around the country looking at different venues. And they said that wherever they went on book, book tours and book festivals, they were treated pretty much like an afterthought. They meaning just, just the authors and the mm -hmm. poets. It was all about the audience. In other words, it was the consumer first and the author and the creative person second. Yes. And... They said that um, it just came to them. Why don't we start our own festival um, in Jamaica? Let's go and find a place um, that would be ideal for this. And I remember the first time that they came. And I said to them, I have the perfect person to execute this view. <laughs> and they said, well, that's the, that's the part that's missing. And I said, you're going to meet my sister. Yeah. And you're, you're going to be convinced that she's the person. And they just hit it off and, um, you know, look at what it is today. It's it's among the top five, you know, literary festivals in the world. Yeah. Something we're so incredibly proud of. Tell me some of the names of um, authors and uh, poets and creatives that have actually passed through Calabash over its oh several years. <laughs> Who stands yeah. out? I mean, Jamaica Kincaid is one that stands out for sure. Sadie Smith. Um, you know... You you had Shalman Rushdie, of course. You know, I remember when he came, um, there was security and he was like, I don't want any security. I don't want any you know, police following me up on that. <laughs> so, um, you know, it, it's 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 really been humbling to see all these, these noble laureates coming to this tiny little fishing village yeah. um, and giving um, of themselves and they don't charge because it's a free festival. Mm -hmm. So the fact that they could come all this way, um, mind you that, you know, we have we have good sponsors of the Jamaica Tourist Support um, and, and others with Cinco. Um, 
So, you know, we pay for their flights and their per diems and stuff, but they're, but they're usually paid quite big money to, to read, right? Yes. So they come and it's a free festival and, you know, we expect 5,000 people over the three days and it really is um, an unbelievable experience for the people who haven't. Yes, for those who haven't had an opportunity to, I, I've had and it's, quite um i'm not so sure what the word is <laughs> but it's, it's breathtaking yes takes your breath away yeah it really is and people feel kind of i don't know liberated and yes. there's a sense of, of freedom of expression um that takes place on that stage that is very very um a very powerful thing yes. my special guest inside the jamaica's tourism titans is jason hensel social entrepreneur and uh, a gentleman who has been awarded well, several awards <laughs> for his contribution to Jamaica's tourism industry. We're going to take a little break. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about the Jake's Off the Road Triathlon. That is another product that has been going for many years and so much more. We'll be back in just a moment. In tourism, the people are the product. Yes, they are one of our industry's most important assets. They help create memorable lifetime experiences. They, through their service, make the difference. We share the stories of their challenges and triumphs, of what makes them tick, of who they really are, just to inspire you to act positively. You too can be an ambassador for tourism and our country and become a Jamaican tourism titan. Start today. TPDCO's Explore Jamaica has insights into licensed tourism entities across Jamaica. Visit the Google or Apple Play Store and download the app today. Welcome back to Jamaica's Tourism Titans. My special guest is Jason Hensel. Under his leadership, Jakes has won numerous awards and accolades. These include the Jamaica Hotel and Tourism Association Hotelier of the Year Award for Most Distinguished Service, the Environmental Audits for Sustainable Tourism Project, Environmental Ambassador, Hotel Sector to Jakes for their outstanding contribution and efforts in promoting environmental stewardship and sustainable development in Jamaica. They've also won the NCB Nation Building Award in 2010 and the Respect Jamaica Award in 2015 for Outstanding Partnership. They're also awardees of the Condonast Traveler Reader's Choice Award, and that was as recent as 2021. And of course, Jason himself was voted as one of the 50 under 50 business leaders shaping Jamaica's future by the private sector organization of Jamaica and the Gleaner Company in 2012. Lots of accomplishments. And, you know, I like to, to talk to people who have gone down that road. Because if you've never gone down the road, you don't have any experience in the journey. You know, there's nothing to tell. There's no story to tell. What would you say has been perhaps one of the most challenging uh, issues you've had to deal with? I don't like to call them problems. Um, no, no, no. <laughs> Challenges. Um... Wow. I would imagine improving water supply to Treasure Beach. Mm -hmm. 
you know, um, because, you know, when you look at these infrastructure projects, they're very costly and you need to be very aware that you're not the only one in, in the country that is short on water mm -hmm. um, and that the farmers need water mm -hmm. um, and the residents need water and, of course, visitors need water. So it's a balancing act and you have to have empathy. You have to have patience mm -hmm. and you also have to look at it from an economic impact um, angle as well. So Aubin Hill is a businessman, right? Um, and I was able to sit with him and say, look, this is the amount of water that we're losing because the pipes are 70 years old and they're leaking and this is the amount of leakage and this is what it's costing us mm -hmm. per year. Um, and, you know, you so you, you you have to look at it from an economic point of view and then a social point of view and, um, you know, put it all together and just keep lobbying and just keep asking for your... Um, little piece of the pie. Your piece of the pie. Your, <laughs> your, your, you know, your, your, your application to be considered, knowing that there are many, many other needs. Yes. So that would probably be one of my largest challenges. Okay. Yeah, and it okay. continues, and you know, it will happen in time, yeah. and it will be great when it does. <laughs> <laughs> All right, as a patient man, ride the donkey. That's true. <laughs> The Jake's Off-the-Road Triathlon. Um, I'm told it's now the longest continual in the world. Yes. And in 2019, just prior to all of the, you know, the challenges yes. that we had with COVID, that would have marked your 25th staging. Correct. Tell me about that. You know, I learned about triathlons and the fact that there was an off-road version with, with mountain bikes mm -hmm. and... I used to try and either run, ride, or swim every day when I moved to Treasure Beach. Um, and I said, you know what? This would be an incredible marketing opportunity for, for Treasure Beach because it would show pictures of the beaches and swimming and mm -hmm. then um, going up into the farms and the mountain biking, um, the different landscape up in the hills, and then running across the plains and, you know, and, and you know, into into Jake's as a finish line. So it starts in Great Bay mm -hmm. and you cycle up into the um on into Lewistown and um, you know, over into Bluntus and Bacon, um, come back to Jack's Pratt and transition um, you know, back to Great Bay and, and you finish off at Jake's and I just I thought that it'd be, it'd be a great market to to develop. Sports tourism mm -hmm. is good for, for kids. Um, locals and visitors. Um, we also have to realize that Jamaican children are typically told not to swim because, you know, school trips can't, for instance, include swimming. Mm -hmm. So we actually have a very low rate of children, students who know how to swim. <laughs> not so, just the children. I, I'm, always, I'm always amazed that we are surrounded by water Correct. and so few of us can swim. Correct. And it's not just Jamaica, because I've been to many other Caribbean countries where it's the same thing. Um, and in a fishing village, everyone knows someone who has drowned. Yes. That's the difference. Yeah. So their parents say, don't go don't mm -hmm. go near the sea because mm -hmm. your uncle drowned. Right, stay right up there right. on the sand. So um, that was a part of it as well. So that led later on to us building a swimming pool at the sports park and partnering with UNICEF and an entity called Little Swimmers and we've now trained over 600 um, youth how to swim. And, you know, when, when, when someone learns how to swim, 
their self-esteem is is they're just, empowered. They're empowered. Yes. It's a life skill. Yes. Whereas a lot of sports, if you're not good at sports, you feel like I don't even want to participate or but swimming is You can go out there on your correct, own and correct. just do your thing. Correct. Yes. So that is one of the um the big, big wins that we've had over the years. And of course it's a community based event. So persons from the community get involved. For sure. Different legs of this. You know, yes. This yes. So you can either do everything yourself or you can have a team. Mm-hmm. And we all have, always have special prizes for the local persons who come in. And also, you know, children's prizes versus um, adult versus masters. So yeah. it, we try to be as inclusive as possible. And, and we say to people, look, there's no pressure. Don't think of it as a race because it's a fundraiser for breads. Everything goes back to the community. So think of it as an accomplishment as opposed to a race. Right. And I think because of that, it's, it's very successful. And the thing is, both events, I believe, have been internationally acknowledged yes. as, you know, really successful community-based events with a global reach. Correct. Bringing people from all over the world for both the triathlon and Calabash Literary Festival. That's for sure. That's for sure. You mentioned breads just now. Tell me a little bit about... Your involvement in breads and how that started. So I grew up going to Treasure Beach and hearing fishermen hail each other as breads. Mm-hmm. Short for brethren. Brethren. <laughs> in America, there's a bro, yes. you know, um, or brother, you know. So it's, it's, it's a biblical term and um, we wanted to name it something. We didn't want to call it the Jake's Foundation, for instance. We wanted it to be very locally based and have a local mm-hmm. um, board of directors um, who would decide on and um, how we could basically, you know, improve the livelihoods um, of, of, of persons in the community. So it was formed in 1998. So this is our 25th anniversary. Ah, lots of celebrations. <laughs> and we decided to focus on um, sports, um, education and conservation mm-hmm. um, in the beginning. And our first project ever was building a basketball court at the Sandy Bank Primary School, right? And what that did was very powerful because not only did it give um, youth a place to develop their skills as a as a basketball team and bring the community together, but it also took them out of the area to go and compete in other areas of Jamaica. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was powerful, and that was something that we didn't really see at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, our most powerful partnership right now is with Heart because we um, are building out our skills training. And I've re- I, you know, I'm the chairman of Newell High School and I realize that a lot of students just don't have the support or they don't take school seriously. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of distractions. There's a lot of distractions. So it's not until they leave high school that a child of, of 18 is like, oh my God, I'm not employable. Yeah, what am I going to do with this? What myself? am I going to do? And I think heart is one of the most important entities in this country to move us forward because everyone knows something that they're interested in, some skill. And some... skill, as they say at heart, is power. Correct. It's power. So we have 105 students enrolled in um, housekeeping, food and beverage, and horticulture. And what we're doing this year is we're raising money to build a commercial kitchen to offer chefing. Mm -hmm. And we also want to offer landscaping and groundskeeping. Um, 
we want to expand um, our tennis courts to also offer um, tournaments, ITF tournaments, and we want to build accommodations on the sports park. So we have 17 acres. You know, we've already um, raised, you know, a million and a half US dollars to take us where we are now. Mm -hmm. um, so we want to focus on those projects as well as opening a Treasure Beach Health Clinic um, later this year. Wow. That is social entrepreneurship at work. And I know recently, talking about the sports park, you had none other than Mr. Brian Lara. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and Mr. Chris Gale. Yes. I mean, I saw people on social media saying, oh boy, the crowd is too much. How do we get out of here? It's, it's, it's just inundated. But you had a great turnout. Phenomenal. Whose idea was that? It was Darren Powell's idea. It wasn't my idea. He, um, I know Chris Gale very well because mm -hmm. um, he has done three charity matches for us. But Darren Powell, when he played on West Indies, he and, he and Brian Lara have a great relationship. Mm -hmm. And Brian Lara had always promised him a match, right? <laughs> so I knew Chris, he knew Brian Lara, and we brought them together. And I think there were 7,000 people at the park that day. Oh, it was goodness. absolutely phenomenal. Yes. The good thing is we sensed what was going to happen and we prepared really well. So all 7,000 persons got got fed, got, yes, you know, yes. had drink. You know, it was, it, it, I'm not saying there wasn't a little bit of a wait, but mm -hmm. it was an incredible day. Well, with 7,000 people in your sports complex down in uh, well, Pleasure Beach, that's, that's a lot to keep. Phenomenal. Yes. That's twice the size of our population. <laughs> <laughs> Treasure Beach is only 3,500 residents. You know, so it was a phenomenal day. I think, you know, it, it, it just speaks to the fact that small is beautiful. Yes. It doesn't have to be, you know, humongous to be successful. And the space that you're in is, is such a warm one. It's a, such a welcoming one. And then people actually feel the benefit. Right. And I think, you know, we hear the minister talking every so often about, you know, it's not a trickle. It's just that everybody should be able to benefit right. from this very important industry, tourism. True. You know, that whole um, saying of less is more, um, sometimes you don't understand it when you're, when you're younger and then you grow into understanding what that means. Mm -hmm. And one of the things I'm proudest of is lobbying for Treasure Beach to have the lowest density in the country. We are at 30 rooms an acre, where the next lowest is 50 rooms an acre. So we're almost half of the next lowest. And I think we were able to do that because of our farming base. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's the breadbasket of Jamaica. Yes, yes. And most people um, are farmers. And we were able to convince the Town and Country Planning Authority um, that, you know, we want to protect our sense of community and to have a different approach to the mass market resort commercial all-inclusive type so you're um, distinguishing yourself absolutely you know. and it's important for me to say that that does not mean that i'm not a believer in in large all-inclusive because quite frankly we need the employment and you know, you have seven miles of beautiful White Sand Beach in the Grill, Ocherios, Montego Bay. I mean, I places like Jake's and like Treasure Beach 
can exist because of the large hotels. Yes. Because, for instance, look at the airlines coming in to our airports. Mm -hmm. You know, you go to some of these smaller Caribbean islands and they're suffering from a lack of air, air connectivity. Lift. Yes. Right? Yes. So a Jake's does well because... Because you have the mass... Correct. And, and that's important to note that you can have small, medium and large density um, areas in your country um, and, and it all connects um, back to complement each other. How important is this concept of sustainability to you? It's extremely important. Um, you know, the fact that we, we suffer from a low level of water you know, you just have to see how the farmers you just use the dry grass to yes. do the mulching, mm -hmm. um, the dry grass farming, to understand that, you know, they know what resilience is about, you know, way before COVID happened, right? Um, you know how to, to live, um, to protect your resources. You know, the upper and lower morass of the Black River um, protected area is one of the, the largest um, protected areas in the English-speaking Caribbean. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you have the cockpit country um, right there. Um, you have areas of Fort Charles that are that are these incredible sand dunes and swampland behind them. Mm -hmm. So protecting those lands, we also manage a Galliana Beach fishing sanctuary. So if you have protected areas, we also have limestone forests um, from the Great Pedro Bluff going all the way up to Flagaman. So if you have the protected areas and you have low density mm -hmm. um, and you have, you're watching the, the, these farmers and these fishermen, um, you kind of grow up with that sense of, of, I wouldn't necessarily say scarcity because that's a scary word, but, but an, an innate um, sense of, of not wasting, mm -hmm. right? So... You know, if you can have a solar water heater, do that. If you can have photovoltaics on your roof, mm -hmm. if you can catch your rainwater, yes. You know, and I know it's one of the communities that actually does some Absolutely. rain harvest days yes. and also recycling. Correct. Come into the community, and I think there's a, a communal. Is it collection point yes. where you put and they use the bottles? There's this huge fish. Yes, that we um that we collect the bottles in, and we have a partnership with the Recycling mm -hmm. Partners of Jamaica. Um, so that sets the tone when you come in. And that's so important for the fisher folk. Correct. My grandmother used to say, were you dash way, no wash way. And for those persons who don't speak Pato, what you throw away doesn't go away. <laughs> it becomes somebody else's problem. True, true, true. And so even the farmers have to have a, a, a clear understanding that what they do up there is going to end up down Correct. the ocean. And the fisher folk need to know that as well. And it's just a symbiotic relationship that has to be cultivated. And that goes back to things like fertilizer and pesticides, mm -hmm. right? Things that you don't necessarily see, but it's going to show up in your drinking water. Yes. Um, so, you know, all things are connected. And that is, in my mind, what sustainability really means. Um, and we want to know that, you know, we're playing our part. And all of our staff are local. And um, you know, it's also something that we're very, very proud of, the fact that we have a brand that is internationally known, but by using all local yeah. persons um, to do that. And utilizing those local produce as well from the farm in the area. That's Correct. also so important as you support each other. Correct. What does Jason do for fun? Wow. Okay. <laughs> 
That one threw me. Okay, I love I love well, I love walking and running. I love mountain biking. Um, I and you still get a chance to do one. Yeah, yeah, and I love traveling. Mm-hmm. I really do love traveling. And it's funny because because I own you know a, a hotel, I'm always looking for Jakes's in other places. <laughs> you know, so I you know I went to Costa Rica for my fiftieth birthday, and I love that. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been to Belize. Um, you know, so you 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 try and find places that are that are similar in in um you know in development you know low density mm-hmm. um, areas. Um, so yeah, th- those are those are my main. I love reading. Um, I love watching documentaries. Yes. Love talking to interesting people. <laughs> um, I love characters. Yeah. You know, I, I'll see someone. I'll see a Jamaican person just like this character and I'll just remember my father and be like, well, my father would love to shoot that person. <laughs> He'd like to film that person in this scene right now, you know? Um, so, you know, traveling around Jamaica or traveling abroad, you know, once, you know, once you're moving around and seeing the characters of our country, that really makes me, gives me a lot to go on. <laughs> and your family? Yes, my family is very dear to me. We have two lovely children. And I have a wonderful wife, 17 years. Congratulations. Uh, yes. <laughs> so, you know, it's it's fun to see our children being the fourth generation to be enjoying Treasure Beach. That That is a very special thing to say, yeah. you know. Yeah. So hopefully they will be, um, you know, interested in continuing jigs. <laughs> um, but who knows? Yes. Knowing uh, your dad being artistic, your mom being artistic, and they would have given you some amount of freedom to do and be whatever you wanted to be and, and do, you know. So I guess mm-hmm. you will you will have that same kind of approach with the kids as much as you would like them to be involved at some point and they're their own people. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> you give them that freedom. You have to. Yes, yes. You have to. It has been a pleasure talking with you, Jason Hensel. It it. It's something I've wanted to do for a long time, and I'm glad I finally caught up with you. And I just want to wish for you all that's good. We didn't get a chance to talk a little bit about the ladies that are involved in breads. Because yes. I know, I I recall, was it the Bread and Basket Food Festival yes. that was that was attempted one year? Yes. Get into. We're going to bring it back. You're going to bring the it food, back. Food, rum, and reggae festival. Yes. We're going to bring it yes. back. I have the right person to do it, and we're going to we're going to be taking it forward. Okay. Well, let us know when you're ready for that, and of course, we're happy to share the information. And those persons listening in can, you know, keep their ears tuned as well. Thank you. Because that would be a good thing to come back to Treasure Beach. You have really poured a lot into your community, not just into your business, Jake's, but into the community. And for that, you were awarded. Uh, by the Governor General, the Order of Distinction in the rank of Officer. And this was in recognition for your contribution to tourism and community development through social entrepreneurship in the parish of St. Elizabeth and on Jamaica's south coast, off the beaten track. Thank you so much for being my guest. It has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you also. And we will talk again next time inside Jamaica's Tourism Titans. Until then, walk good. Thank you so much for listening to Tourism Titans. We welcome your feedback at letusknow at tpdco.org. 
leave us a comment, share, like, and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at TPDCoJA. I'm Marlene Stevenson-Daly. See you soon. Thank you.